If you have primary school-aged kids or grandkids, make sure Vision Kids is part of their daily routine. Vision Kids! Vision Kids is a 24-7 online radio stream featuring the ever-popular Adventures in Odyssey. Hi, this is Chris. Welcome to Adventures in Odyssey. Plus other world-class radio dramas, kids' music and friendly voices. G'day, Vision Kids. Vision Kids is streaming now in the Vision app and online at visionkids.org.au. You can also tell your smart speakers to play Vision Kids Radio. If you don't already have the Vision app on your phone or tablet, you can download it for free when you search Vision Christian Media in your app store. Vision Kids. Another way we're helping the whole family look to God daily. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Talking about Australia's young people. And the fact that young people here in our nation today are hurting. Over the past two years, there have been some special prayer initiatives and good prayer initiatives they've been for bushfires or droughts and COVID. But now a prayer focus on what may be our nation's most important treasure, our most important resource, Australia's young people. Young people have been hard hit by COVID lockdowns. Many senior students are about to sit their final high school exams after a year of relentless stress and uncertainty. Young people have been dealing with psychological pressures, with disruption to employment, relationships and their education. Importantly, we might be asking in all of this, why are numbers of young people in church dwindling? Where are the unchurched youth of Australia? And what is it that's influencing their relationship with Christianity? Well, this coming Wednesday, just a couple of days away, 27th of October, 8am, the youth organisation Young Life is leading a special online prayer event to pray for youth in our nation. In fact, everyone who knows a young person in need of prayer is encouraged to take part. Glyn Henman is the CEO of the Australian arm of the global youth ministry called Young Life, and Glyn is joining us through the coming hour. Glyn, a special welcome along to 2020. Thank you for having us today, Neil. It's good to be with you and your listeners. Hey, Glyn, I mentioned that there is research. Uh, What are you aware of showing the alarming escalation of mental health pressures on our young people? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch of research that's sort of coming to the fore in terms of, you know, one third of Australian young people are reporting, you know, a high or very high levels of psychological distress. Um, yeah, 74% of young people uh, report that their mental health has, has worsened since the outbreak of COVID-19. And there's just this incredible pressure upon our young people to... To keep going, you know, and whether and whether they're locked down or whether they're just their whole world has been disrupted, you know, and, and even kids in the West, you know, or in South Australia that haven't had a lot of disruption, there's this incredible pressure because this is a global thing that's happening, and there's there's not really a lot of clear answers, and young people really struggle with that that inconsistency and that uncertainty of really knowing where we're going. And uh, we just see it in incredible ways um, impacting our young people. 
Glenn, a little contrast here because as adults, we've got a bit of context and you know, most of us have known a hardship or two in our lives and we've grown to be a little resilient having faced those hardships. Uh, but young people are coming into their adult years, a time when they're going to be making the biggest expression of their own personhood uh, in the society that they're in, uh, choosing careers and partners and getting to know uh, how they fit. Uh, young people don't have the same context as adults and so they're especially affected. Is that the case? Yeah, I, I think that's what what all the research is showing. Because they just don't have that, yeah, you know, that awareness. That I, I guess for us as adults, we, we know this is a hard time, and yeah, you know, we've been through personal hard times before, or we've seen these incredible things taking place, you know, on a national stage or, or whatever, you know, with bushfires or whatever that may be. Even even um, you know recessions and all those sorts of things. As adults, we've sort of experienced all that, and we sort of know at some point things will will turn again. But young people just don't have that longevity of experience in their world, and so so much of this experience is internalised, and there's a a reluctance to to actually engage with it because they just don't know how to engage with this level of pain and hardship. And for for many of them, I mean, it's not even impacting them directly in the sense that. You know, it's not like they may know a lot of people who have, you know, contracted COVID, but yet it is that fear that is driven at us. You know, we hear so many of our political leaders saying, assume everybody's got it. You know, and, and I mean, in Christian terms, we, we, we go out there and say, everybody's unclean Every, and, and stay away because everybody's unclean. And we're, we're social beings. We're, we're created to be together. We're created to be in community together. But yet, all of those essential things that actually form the, the receptors in the brain and, and all that emotional development stuff that goes on in a young person have just been cut off. And so how do they actually begin to engage socially with people and start to form these relationships with a bunch of people to work out what's good and what's bad in their world and if this person, they really suit me, this person not so much, and not that that person's good or bad, but it's just not my kind of person. They're not my tribe, so to speak. And so there's a whole world of things that have just been disrupted in that space, which is very unsettling for young people at such critical times in their world. And and I know that, you know, even in the, in the school context, you know, last year I was talking to a, one of our chaplains in Victoria and she was saying that, you know, there was an increase of violence within the school, something like 50% increase in violence in their school on the return after that first long lockdown in, in Victoria and an increase of violence, you know, violent acts upon teachers as well. And not because kids are bad. They just lost all of those social skills and all of those things that actually help us function in the community. So there are some deep issues emerging for us as we come out of these lockdowns, you know, in New South Wales, Victoria, the ACT in particular, but, um, you know, even just beyond that, I think there's this loss of their sense of identity in so much of what's going on as well. Well, listeners might like to contribute to our conversation today. You might have your own uh, practical insight into what's happening uh, in the young people who may be close to you, whether that's your own family members, a broader community, what's happening in your school community. Uh, you'll be able to contribute. We'll open our talkback lines in just a few moments on one 316 We'd love to hear from listeners today around young people, uh, the staff 
status of their mental health, how COVID lockdowns have affected them. You know, when we mention that word mental health, as some people have, uh, you know, all sorts of perceptions about what that means. But what we're talking about here, I guess, is a sadness and anxiety and the loss of hope. And uh, this may be affecting a whole generation. When we talk about young people, a little bit of a blanket uh, across all young people. And, uh, you know, you can you can assess as to whether you are young at age 15 or 25 or 35. Uh, but uh, your thoughts here on sadness and anxiety and the loss of hope in young people, Glenn? Yeah, I think, I mean, hope comes from community, I think, and, and understanding where we fit in the world and understanding that we have something to contribute. And, you know, I mean, we talk about it you know, in young life is trying to give young people a place to belong. If young people know that they belong somewhere in a community, then there is a sense of hope for them. And I, and I think it's really important, <clears throat> you know, for young people to find different communities to belong to. You know, whether it be a sporting club, at school, a drama club, you know, whatever that may be, they need a place to belong. But I think the church ultimately provides you know, a, a true sense of identity and a true place to belong. But for some reason, you know, and you know, there's lots of research on this as well, but you know, our young people are disengaging from church and spiritual things um, at, at some levels, but certainly from organised religion. But I think there's still a deep sense that they want to be connected and have that sense of identity that they were they were designed to be here and that they know that they're here with a purpose. And, and I think that is still really an important place for young people to to to, to work through in their lives. And and I, I think there's just a whole world of stuff around that that um, you know we should be really I think investing in in our young people and helping them explore these issues um, because it is very confusing it is a very confusing time and uh, you know we're not just talking COVID now I mean we're talking you know gender identity stuff and employment and you know um, you know the gig the gig economy you know some some of these young people that are emerging now may never work a full time job in their life they may just end up you know in that gig economy never having stable employment as well and so there's a lot of things where people are trying to work through how they fit and where they fit in the world and our world is changing rapidly around all of that so yeah, I think the and church it, can play a really critical role in all of that. I was going to say, uh, in all of that, you've had churches and youth groups that have also been locked down, and in some sense, uh, young people kept from that belonging group where they're getting their bearings uh, for their life. And uh, for those who think that maybe church and youth group is just like an extra add-on, uh, like a social club, uh, they'd be underestimating the power of a youth group, wouldn't they? Oh, absolutely. I think particularly as young people come through those early high school years, um, the power of the youth group to create a community, an accepting community, and one that has some boundaries and some some clear sense of what it's about, I, I think that is a really critical thing for young people to be involved in because there's, you know, truth is relative in the community. Right now, you know, we live in this pluralistic society, and so the first, you know, I guess casualty of that is is abs an absolute truth. And so, 
for being a part of a, a community, a faith community that is really clearly saying you are created in God's image and you are valuable in and of, of yourself because you are created in God's image, that provides great hope for young people. And, and I think, you know, when churches have been closed down and, you know, youth groups have been closed down, we, we, it's, it's, it's a very fragile time. And, you know, I just even know myself, you know, when my church has been closed down, we sit at home and we watch it on TV, but it's just like another sense of entertainment technically and and it's very hard to engage with when you whereas when you turn up personally oh there's there's mike i like mike let me go and talk to mike let me go and see how mike is doing or you know someone comes up to me and says glenn how are you doing and so there's this incredible relationship that takes place and youth group is just the same it's about giving people a place to belong and uh, yeah without judgment and and just really trying to provide care and concern for them and listen to their needs and actually try to provide some sense of hope in the midst of all of those questions that they're facing. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Good to have you with us. I might say there's an online prayer initiative this Wednesday you can participate in from 8am. I'll give you the details how you can connect with that. Our special guest is Glyn Henman. He's the CEO of the Australian arm of the global youth ministry called Young Life. We're talking about young people in Australia today. They'll be the focus of a prayer gathering this coming Wednesday. Uh, let's take some calls, Glenn. Uh, listeners uh, who are uh, able to participate, 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from David in Logan in Queensland. Hi, David. Welcome. Hi, how are you? Very well, David. What are your thoughts? Um, well, my understanding is um, both young and old people go to church to feed feed off of the Word. And um, I, I believe that um, a lot of young people get that through the praise and the worship that goes on at church. And that tells me when you say that the numbers are dwindling, that tells me that young people are getting less and less of a reason to be thankful. Okay, let's get a thought or two from Glenn. Glenn, your thoughts for David? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if they're feeling less thankful. I, I think there's, there's power in, I mean, what you're describing, David, in terms of music and, and that community piece, there's nothing like singing together and, and worshipping together that brings power but but I think for the, for the majority of young people out there, I mean part of the loss of hope is yes they're not at church but there's a, a disconnect between the Australian church and regular Australian people at some levels now which is much broader than just young people and feeling connected as well Okay, a bigger disconnect. David, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. Let's hear from John in Wangaratta in Victoria. Hi, John. Welcome. Good morning, Neil and Glenn. Um, look, I'd just like to tell you about a, uh, a book that I've just written and had published to my grandchildren. Um, setting out, um, and I think all young people need to know um, that, 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 that so much bombarded with the theory of evolution. Um, and in, in my book, I've set out uh, de- demolishing 
um, the theory of evolution as to not being practically possible to have happened. And uh, so we're not intelligent animals. And um, I then set out for them uh, the basis of Christianity, the fact that the uh, the um, historical and archaeological accuracy of the Bible. Um, John, the, good thought the, in there, because the theory of evolution being taught so widely in our schools uh, just takes away uh, hope and optimism from our young people. A thought or two here from Glenn, and I'll get and uh, John. I'll come back to you in just a moment. Get the name of your book so that listeners might be able to uh, know uh, the title. So, uh, Glenn, your thoughts for John? Yeah, I, I think I mean really important stuff, John, to be to be helping young people understand that you know God is real, that the scriptures can be trusted, and that you know He is there in the midst of this stuff. And and I think again, there's so many competing things out there and to have someone presenting the truth like that is a really powerful thing and, and yeah I think adults we all need to be educated around that as well so I'm sure your book would help do that also John what's the title of your book? Uh, it's, it's very interesting uh, Neil it, it's made up of the initials of my grandchildren so it's actually spelt it's a letter to Dad Jeb Rosado but it's D-A-B uh D-A-B-J-E-B-R-O-S-A-T-O Dad Jeb Rosato Okay, well that's going to be uh, so D-A-B-J-E-B-R-O-S-A-T-O and uh, you know okay. you've written this for your grandchildren and uh, as a granddad you're interested in what values your grandchildren uh, will be following up and uh, will be learning and so uh, yes, so honour to you John uh, well done in writing your book and for listeners who want to get a hold of that no doubt they'll be able to uh, get that online John, what's your surname? Uh, Moore. Uh, uh, my my pen, um, pen name is J.A. Moore, M-O-O-R-E. Okay, J.A. Moore. John, thank you so much for your call today on 2020. 1-800-316-316. We're talking about young people in Australia. 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call. Shelby is in Brisbane. Hi, Shelby. Hello, uh, uh, Ian and uh, Glenn. Matt, um, <laughs> coincidentally enough, uh, our church, the El Saviour Redeemer College um, uh, Church, Lutheran Church at Richdale, we had uh, a two-and-a-half-hour conference after church about our youth and where we're going uh, and what we've got to do um, because we're attached to a school here. Um, we've got about 60 students out of 1,200 or more um, that attend our youth service, our, our youth uh, church. But other than that, that's it. Um, and uh, we, we want to build that up. So it's a, no, it's a matter of trying not to be complacent and trying to listen um, to the priorities of the young people, um, as far as we felt, and uh, you know, having meetings with them especially in the youth groups, uh, organising camps uh, as well, uh, organising in a number of different smaller groups. Music is another thing uh, that we know we can attract them with. Um, so it's a, a number of things that we've committed ourselves to in changing um, and working on our leadership with the young people. Fabulous um, stuff, Shelby. Uh, so, Glenn, churches strategizing starts with recognizing that there's a disconnect with there's a there's a problem with uh, the way church might be relating to youth. Uh, Shelby had some great things happening at his Lutheran church in Brisbane. Uh, what are your thoughts, Glenn? 
Yeah, I, I think it's, it's it really is about us as a church community realizing that the, the broader community has changed so significantly as well. And if we're going to be encountering young people, we need to be changing with that. And not changing the gospel. I don't, I don't think it's about changing the gospel or compromising on any of those sorts of things, but culture has moved. And so what I hear Shelby saying is that they're really trying to listen to the, what are the needs of kids, what are the interests around young people, and how can they then pick up on those things as a way to engage with them. I think that's a really critical uh, piece of strategy for churches to be thinking through. Thank you so much to Shelby in Brisbane. We'll take some more calls after Vision National News. Glyn, you've got this prayer initiative. It's happening this Wednesday, 8am. That'll be Australian Eastern Daylight Saving Time. And uh, how's it going to look when people participate? Yeah, it's really simple. You just get onto younglife.org.au and register on the front page there. But it's just going to be a really simple half hour, 40 minutes. So it's not going to be a long time. But we've got some key people uh, joining us to pray for young people around their professional expertise as well. So we've got you know, a doctor praying for, for mental health. We've got a school principal. We've got church leadership. We've got parents. We've got you know, university-based people just praying for the different aspects of young young people in the world and also a young person just praying for her world, you know. So there's just some incredible opportunities to participate in that and join us in prayer. Um, And then, yeah, we'll have some time to pray together, share a little bit of scripture, and then we'll be done. So, yeah, really important. Okay, so it's not an all-day prayer event. This is something that you can uh, tap into at the start of a workday on this Wednesday and uh, be interested in the lives of young people. Glyn, in the last uh, uh, session before the news, we were talking about encouraging churches Uh, to take time to pray for young people. This is something that really needs to happen at a local level, doesn't it? I mean, you're going to have uh, an all-in prayer meeting this Wednesday, but the idea is that churches actually rise to the occasion and uh, begin to to pray for young people. This is your thought? Absolutely. I I think it's what's really important. I mean, we can spearhead something and we can, you know, take some initiative to encourage people. But at the end of the day, the local church is is where God is at work most. And so to have a local church, set some time aside, you know, this Sunday even, and just to pray for young people in their community, um, in a Bible study group, if there's a group of mums getting together or dads getting together, to take some time to pray for for young people in their community. And as we pray, I mean, God stirs our hearts for them. We begin to notice young people in our community. And as we, as we move around, we begin to say, oh, look, there's a young person. Oh, I prayed for that person. I may not know them. But I did pray for that young person. And I think as we gather together in our local communities and pray, that's where God does his greatest work. And, I, and so I think for churches to be really engaged in praying for the needs in their community and for young people in particular at this point, I think is really critical, particularly as you know, so many are just trying to find their way back to school or, you know, there's been this disruption to learning. So many needs to be praying for right now. Let's pause for a moment and reflect on this because some people will say uh, there's pretty rarely a whole bunch of young people who turn up to our church prayer meeting. You've got some thoughts on adults and the way that adults are like a conduit 
uh, for positive change in the lives of uh, teens and young people. What are your thoughts here on how adults take responsibility for uh, praying for and uh, being the conduit as for positive change in the lives of, of young people? Yeah, I think yeah, as, as adults, we, we often feel like, oh, we're too old or we're out of touch or, or you know, how do we feel about our relationship with young people? And, and I don't think that needs to be the case. I, I think if we can be proactive in our relationship with young people, there's a lot that can take place in there. Like for me, even just walking down the street, when you see a group of young people, just as you walk past, say hello to them. I mean, to have an adult engage at that basic level can be really fundamental. And I think, you know, when I think about the world of young people, um, you know, I'm a dad. I have two young people living in my house. I have two adolescents who, you know, are right in this, this age group. Um, and most often, you know, a lot of young people um, will only hear their mum and dad saying, come on, get out of bed. Have you done your homework? You know, and there's all that sort of stuff. And then they get to school and, you know, the teacher is yelling at them, where is their homework? Etc. Etc. But I think for an adult outside of the family home to use a young person's name and say, "Hey, Glenn, how are you going this week?" If you know them, can be a really powerful tool in the life of a young person that God can use to transform a life. Because I think it's that level of engagement often and taking time to hear from them and then to pray for them intentionally just warms our heart towards that young person, but it also warms their heart towards the adult engaging with them. And uh, I think if we could just learn to ask some basic questions, you know, how's your week been? What's your favourite subject at school? Um, you know, all those things that we do as adults, just shift the conversation a little bit and ask about their world. Yeah, we most often say, hey, how's work been this week? Or how's your wife? Or how's your husband? Or whatever it is. Or, you know, how are the kids going? Hey, why not shift that conversation? How's school been this week? How are you going with your friends? What are you interested in? Um, All of that shifts that conversation. And we can be part of the the body that brings real hope into the life of a young person because they have this adult who's investing them in in a very simple but significant way. I imagine if we've been able to experience disruption and what that's meant for us personally, you've got to maybe lift your eyes beyond yourself here for a moment, recognise that, as you've been saying, Glyn, young people are magnified in the way the disruptions happened. Just to pick up on a few uh, important points here, and I'd love to hear from listeners on these sorts of things too. The young people in your life who've had their exams delayed. Okay, so there's a disruption to their education, and that might affect their entire career. There's many who have been isolated from friends during a lockdown. There's those usual recognitions that come from uh, high school graduations and school formals that have been cancelled in so many places. Uh, These are the sorts of disruptions that upset and uh, magnify the effect on young people. Uh, Glyn, from your point of view here, you're dealing with this sort of thing uh, through your youth ministry day-to-day all around Australia. Uh, Are these sorts of things really coming to the fore as real big disruptors for young people? Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I think right now, particularly... For those young people in year 12, all of that disruption to those rites of passage. Now, in Australia, I don't think we're very good at often recognising, excuse me, recognising those rites of passage. 
but you know, a, a high school formal, a graduation ceremony, you know, a, a school dress up day, a you know, a time when kids can get up and you know do some sort of review on their year, um, you know, at a school assembly. All those little rites of passage have all been, I mean, not just disrupted, but for many taken away. And so they're wondering, how do they finish their their schooling? You know, I know for my own daughter at this point in her life, she's finished her high school you know, career, essentially, in her bedroom. And, and there's just this sense of loss around that. And how do they actually begin to to regain their sense of, well, what does what is next for me? How do I actually transition from this one point to the next point when all of those little rites of passage have been taken away? And so, again, how can we as adults really help acknowledge that that moment for them to help them you know, make that appropriate transition? So, and I know, you know, that early university age as well, I was just reading a, a newspaper article over the weekend how you know young people who finished high school last year are still hanging out with their high school friends. They haven't made or have been able to get to university and make new relationships with this broader world out there. So all those rites of passage, even for that cohort of young people that have come through, have been disrupted incredibly. So, yeah, how, how do we help them in the midst of all of that? And I, I think, you know, to be praying for them, to be asking them, to be acknowledging those bits with them, I think is really important. Is there a special role to play here by local churches and youth groups, perhaps picking up some of the loss here that kids have experienced in their you know, rites of passage through school graduations and formals and such things? Uh, is there a role for churches to play here if you get a bit creative? Oh, I, I think there is. I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I always just think... What's, what's the really simple thing to do? Why not get all of those young people who are in your church in this age group, get up and pray for them and say, hey, we're going to send you out now. You know, you've finished high school. We, we want to send you on to the next bit with prayer. You know, or as a youth group to do a little special formal dinner, if possible, if you can gather. Or if you can't gather, um, you know, have a, have a group of the youth leaders drive past their house and toot their horn and acknowledge this group milestone in their life um, I mean so many things that we can be doing as a church um, to really engage with that I think in our communities or you know, get a list of young people you know who go to your church and, and find out who their friends are and send them a little note you know I mean one of the other things that we've got going is just a, a you know a study prep program where we just send in a whole bunch of young people from it, from the communities that we're involved with just little care boxes you know What's in it? A, a tea bag, some lollies, you know, a rock that says you rock on it, um, some study tips, just really simple things that we can be doing to really support our young people in these times of transition as they move from one phase of life to the next. You know, talk about rites of passage in church life. We're very familiar with the idea of commissioning. You know, you've got someone going off to serve on the mission field or someone's going off to Bible college or someone's going off to plant a church and uh, some churches they'll lay hands and they'll have a time of prayer and they'll send those people out and there's a certain uh, way that they do that uh, with an intention to it. So you've got to be intentional about the way you're responding to young people here. 
here because they're missing some of this commissioning that happens through their school, and that might not even have any Christian spiritual dimension to it. But here's an opportunity to bring a spiritual dimension. There's something special and very biblical about the idea of commissioning and and sending young people out knowing that they've got support behind them, Glenn. Oh, absolutely. And, and I, I, again, I think if a young person knew that that was happening, that there was a special moment for them in their year, you know, and, and we, you know, we're not just talking about this year. I would even pick up on your idea and say, why aren't we doing this every year with our year 12s, picking like, this idea up and then inviting our young people to invite their friends and families to, to pray for them as well? It might be an incredible moment in time. And it might be incredible to see who in the community turns up that is normally outside of the reach of the church to say, man, these people care. The church cares for my kid. They want to pray for them. Now, I may not be that kind of person, but someone is and they want to pray for them. Wow, what an incredible opportunity that may be just to do some evangelism at the same time and and to care for a family in a very special way like that. I think there's some real power in those rites of passage, commissioning, and sending these people out, you know, young people out. Because, I mean, not, not all of them go into university as well, right? I mean, a bunch of them just go into employment, start trades and all these sorts of things. And this is where we lose our young people from church because we, we're not actually picking up on their needs as, as people, young people going out to work for the first time, encountering the adult world and, and all that is in that, you know, as a tradesperson. I mean, it can be very overwhelming. So how do we care for those young people as well? Uh, you know, in our universities, there's often university ministries that you know our young people can connect into. But those who are going off and into the world of trade, employment, or um, becoming secretaries or whatever it is that they may be doing, um, there's a great need to be caring for those young people. And again, as, the, as that group of young people finish high school, I mean, the fear around their unemployment or what are they going to do next? Is, is anyone going to want me? Because, you know, our last year of school hasn't been that great. I mean, all sorts of issues at play in there for young people. So how do we release the young people into God's kingdom with God's care along the way? You're identifying some significant transition times. And the church has typically been good at identifying transition times, but not always in this way that young people progress from childhood through to adulthood and there might be some need for attention to it because, uh, you know, young people, when you go from primary school into high school or from high school into career or university, you're earning or you're learning, uh, those transition times sometimes get overlooked a little bit. And uh, I wonder whether this is a time to just rethink that and uh, put young people on your priority list for what you do in church life. Uh, that, no doubt, has got to be an important aspect of how you might review and strategize to do something. And this is a perfect time at the end of the year, isn't it? Oh, I, I think so. I think there's a, a really clear window right now. It's almost like... you. Know, with churches being shut down, you know, and all for good reason, you know, we're protecting the community. But as we open up again, the church, I think, has a real opportunity to, to make a statement right now. And young people can be that statement in the community. And, and I think to engage with the community, say, hey, we're going to be praying for our young people as they, they move from this place to this place, or, you know, they, they make all these life decisions in terms of careers and 
study options and, um, you know, and what about those who are finishing universities who are going into the workforce for the first time? These are incredibly, uh, incredible pressure moments for young people. But I think we as a church can really stand up right now and say, we're going to stand with our young people in this moment. And, and for parents, I, I just think what a great thing to, to, to be communicating to parents to say, I'm going to take my, my son or my daughter down to this pre- special church event where they're going to be praying for young people um, because we just don't know what else to do. And, and I think what, what an incredibly powerful moment that could be in our nation's history if we do that. Love your thoughts, Glyn, on resilience here because sometimes we think, you know, the children have been raised right, uh, they'll be resilient young people, but it's not so much about the young people as it is about the communities that gather around them because if you want your children to be resilient and to be strong and to know who they are and have their identity uh, worked out, identity first in Christ, identity with a local church community, this sort of resilience comes because it's adults who are gathering around. Coming back to that adult uh, and uh, teen or young person disconnect here, but uh, resilience, what are your thoughts here? Well, I think these are the things, like at least in my world, in young life, that we believe fundamentally. It, it is about an adult leaving their world for young life people. This is how we think about it. To enter the world of young people. Just as Jesus left heaven and came and made his dwelling among us, to have an adult leave the comfort of that adult world and enter the world of young people, a young person, and care for them. I, I think is really fundamental to building resilience in, in a young person's life. And by resilience, you know, there's lots of ways that we can build resilience, but to actually help a young person understand who they are, that they're created in God's image, that they were created for a purpose, and that God is is active in, in their world, that's the person that brings, I think, true resilience in, in people's lives um, because we understand that, gosh, we are not a mistake. You know, this is this didn't happen by accident. Somebody intentionally thought about me and created me. And I, I think having adults enter the world of a young person like that is really important. And, and I think for the church to say, how can we keep entering the world of young people? And by entering the world, it doesn't mean just going out to them, but it's about running things that are for young people that would actually help them identify with, with the body of Christ as well in the local church really important things to be thinking about. Wonderful stuff. And running short of time, I want to ask you about the uh, youth organisation that you're leading here in Australia, Young Life. Uh, You've got this wonderful mission to build confidence and values and resilience in Australia's young people through significant relationships with adults who model the love of Jesus Christ. Wonderful thoughts in your mission uh, ideas there, Glenn. Uh, but this coming Wednesday, an opportunity for people to connect with you, going to the younglife.org.au website and participating in an online prayer time. It's only a short prayer time, but an opportunity for people to connect. You've got some bases in New South Wales, in Victoria, the ACT, in Queensland, South Australia and Tasmania. You've got some international bases as well. So for people connecting with you, when they go to the prayer gathering this coming Wednesday morning, uh, what can they do beyond that to connect with Young Life? 
Well, I, I think when they connect with us, they you know, can join our database and find out what's happening in local communities where Young Life is working and reaching out to young people. There's ways to be, um, if you don't have Young Life in your community, you'd like to have a, a strategic uh, talk with us about how can we get some ministry going that are going to reach young people outside of the reach of the church. Now, we don't want to be a threat to the church and say, hey, we want to take your young people away. I mean, statistics in this country say that 95% of young people don't attend church on any given Sunday. So there's a pretty big group of young people out there who aren't attending church. That's the group that we're interested in trying to reach. So if you want to have a conversation about that group of people, we really want to talk with you about how we can help facilitate starting ministry in your community um, to be reaching these young people and see them planted into your local church. Um, so they're the, they're the types of initiatives that we want to be thinking about. So, again, when you get on there, you know, sign up to our newsletter, give us a call, um, and we can talk with you about how we can participate together and to be praying together and to be seeking God together for the world of young people. You know, one of the early things about Young Life was it started because a group of women gathered together in a little town of Gainesville, Texas, in the United States and said, we are deeply concerned for the young people across the street from our church. And that's what founded Young Life was prayer. And that's still an important strategy for us today. So if you want to talk with us about that, again, get online and uh, send us a note there to office at younglife.org.au and one of the team will connect with you and talk with you about how we can go about reaching young people in your community. Fabulous stuff. That prayer initiative is this coming Wednesday, 27th, 8am Australian Eastern Daylight Time and younglife.org.au is the website. You can connect with that and good time to set an alarm on your phone. Put a date in your diary, younglife.org.au for the prayer initiative this week. And uh, who knows, that might be just the spark uh, that gets a new strategy in place uh, in your local community, through your local church, uh, for your youth group. Uh, wonderful initiative. And I want to say thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us. Glyn Henman is the CEO of the Australian Arm of the Global Youth Ministry called Young Life. Uh, Glyn, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts and heart with us today on 2020. Oh, it's been wonderful being with you and your listeners, Neil. It's, yeah, you guys are doing a fantastic job, and yeah, let's just keep praying for our young people. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 